This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. You're listening to the IFM by Pick of the Week podcast, episode 78, sponsored by Comical.com and Netflix. Who are those people? Boyfriends when we were 15, it's the happiest that I've ever been. Even though we didn't understand how to do much more than just hold hands, there's so much. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pickle Podcast, episode 78. My name is Connor. I'm here with Ron. Hey! And dialing in from the snowy north of Chicago is Josh. It's not snowing, it's just raining. That's <laughs> all it does here. Oh, really? It's the rainy city now? It's, it's, no, it was like like beautiful days right before I got here and beautiful days right after I leave. The three days I'm here, snow, rain, rain, rain. Oh, they, got, they must have got the email that you were on your way. Yeah. And they wanted to ruin it for you. That's what Chicago does. Chicago screws with you. That's what I hear. It will do that. <laughs> well, the three of us, we are iFanboy. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks the best one and writes about it on the website, and then we come to the podcast, we talk about it, along with every other book that we find interesting and a bunch of other topics. So uh, this show is for the books of this week, so if you, if you haven't read any yet, pause the show, come back later, don't get the stories spoiled for you, because we are going to talk about spoilers and such. So just a little friendly reminder from iFanboy. <laughs> So, Ron, yes, you've got the pick. I had to pick. Before we get started, we probably should give Josh a little pat on the back because he's not in the most optimal podcasting spots, but he's here as a trooper, so we're happy to have him. So thank you, Josh. I do what I can. But we also apologize in advance if he, if anybody comes into the business center where he is. 
Again. <laughs> well, I'm glad that the, now, now it's last time it was me doing that in the lobby of a hotel, so now I know how it feels. So I'm sorry. I apologize for last time. It's like I don't want to miss the show. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's get started. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think that my pick this week would really trigger the kind of reaction it did. But um, yeah, now you know how I feel. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you feel. Yeah, no one does. I know. It's sad. <laughs> but um, so the pick of the week this week was New Excalibur number nineteen. Um, and before, before we Josh, buy a collective. <laughs> really. Um, so if you head over to ifanboy.com, you can read the the uh, pick of the week review that I wrote uh, Wednesday night after I read my stack of comics, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you how I came to this pick. Um, it was an average week. I bought maybe I bought like nine books or so. Um, there were some good comics, and we t- we talked about this concept in the past that there are books like Powers and Daredevil and Ex Machina and you know and other books like that that are that are consistently good, and. I very easily, honestly, could have picked Daredevil or Powers this week. I, and I almost picked 52, to be honest with you. Um, but none, none of them really jumped out at me and really kind of blew me away. I didn't get blown away this week. But this isn't one of those, like, well, there was nothing really good, so I guess I'll go with this one. As I was sitting there staring at my comics trying to figure it out, I kept on falling back on New Excalibur and going, you know, this comic isn't good, but I, I love the shit out of it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, uh, it, it probably out of all the books I read, I was the happiest reading this comic. And that's that's admirable. That's a pick of the week, then. Yeah, exactly. I, it it kind of jumped out at me, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, it's a pick of the week. I got to give it to it. I've been and now now to to kind of recap on my history. And I know I talk about ad nauseum, but everyone knows I'm the X Men guy, and. Uh, but I got into the X-Men from Excalibur, and even just very recently, like last week, I turned a friend on to the old, the old Excalibur trade paperbacks, uh, the first two volumes, and was kind of revisiting you know, the glory days of 1988 and 89 when Excalibur launched. And, and for those who don't know, it was a X-Men spinoff that starred Kitty Pride and uh, Phoenix, who is Rachel Summers, and Nightcrawler, as well as Captain Britain and, and another character named Megan. And it was just a lot of fun. It was, X, it was the X-Men in England, basically. And I love Britpop, and I love the X-Men, so it was a nice little merge. Um, and since then, it got canceled in the mid-'90s, and then since then, Cl- Chris Claremont has attempted to relaunch it several times. He was the original writer in the late-'80s. And they relaunched it um, with Professor Xavier and Magneto in like the lead roles, and this was before House of M and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it wasn't good then. And... Um, and then after House of M and all that kind of stuff, they relaunched it as New Excalibur, and it's kind of taking that idea of the X-Men in England again, and it's Captain Britain is leading it, and Juggernaut's on the team, and Dazzler, um, as well as Nocturne, who's Nightcrawler's daughter from an alternate uh, Earth. Um, and like I said, it's not reinventing the medium. It's not the Watchmen. It's not going to win an Eisner. I don't even, and as I said in my review, I don't even think they're going to collect this into a trade. <laughs> Which probably speaks volumes about it. I don't know why it's still being published. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like it was just a lot of what was fun about it. What was fun about it? Well, there, there's a there's a uh, a, a te- uh, the there are villains in this issue. There are two villains. There's a team called Shadow X, which is a evil version of the original five X Men from an alternate dimension. And then there's also uh, no, they just wear all black and and leather. Which is kind of funny, actually, when you think about the X Men and the, the yeah, on the a, li- a little bit, yeah. And here we have Claremont behind the pen. Um, the movies, yeah, exactly in the movies. 
And so, um, so they're, they're the team, and they, for some reason, they want to kill uh, Captain uh, Captain Britain and Excalibur. And so they team up with this character Albion, who is um, like a the same powers as Captain Britain. He's he he pretty much is Captain Britain from an, another alternate Earth. Three different alternate Earths in this issue, by the way, if you count them. Is that is that normal for? Well, then again, it is kind of normal. That's where the whole six one six. Yeah, and and, and the thing is, the, the whole alternate Earths of Marvel and six one six actually all the the heart of that is Captain Britain and the Britain and the Captain Britain core. And the idea that the Captain Britain Corps are all these multiple Captain Britons and alternate Earths protecting the universe through all the various dimensions. Um, and what, what's what's really interesting, actually, and I'm, I'm feeling kind of a Captain Britain renaissance because he's come up in conversation a lot recently. But um, when, Captain Britain's origin was when he started, he was um, Merlin the Wizard and this other wizarder Saturn handed him – they said you can either take the sword or an amulet, meaning you can either take violence or like thought or peace or whatever. And he took the amulet, and that's what gave him his powers. The concept of this Albion character is it's, it's Captain Britain if he had chosen the sword. So he's a lot more violent. He's a lot more kind of tough. Um, and it's kind, of, it's kind of like the dark side of Captain Britain. So it's really delving into that kind of Captain Britain mythology that Chris Claremont created and Alan Moore fleshed out in the early 80s. Um, is he not a mutant? Uh, no, Captain Britain is not a mutant, actually. Inter- interesting is, enough. Neither is Juggernaut. Neither is Juggernaut. Yeah, exactly. But his sister Psylocke or Betsy Braddock is a mutant, and they've always been aligned with the X-Men. So, um, but he is not a mutant. His powers are more mystical, I guess. We spent a lot of time talking about how Chris Claremont has not been good for the last ten. Years. Yeah, and and I feel really bad about that now. <laughs> Because I realized I was kind of holding him up to a standard of I expected him to write the same kind of comics he wrote uh, 30 years ago. I mean, it was... Oh. Oh, hello. Who's there? They're really far away. (laughs) Anyway, um, I expected expected, um, Chris Claremont to write the same kind of comics he wrote like freaking 30 years ago. He was on on Uncanny X-Men. 30 years ago, guys. Yeah. I mean, people put the mellow. Yeah, exactly. And like the thing is, is that, and part of the gist of my review is that there's a lot of pressure in comics these days. There's a lot of pressure to be good, to be amazing, to have great sales, to be the best, to all this kind of stuff. And it's got to be nice sometimes to just kind of let go of that pressure and just enjoy the comic for what it is, you know. And in this case, it's a ridiculously over the top soap opera with superpowers. There I are th- no with that. there are characters with three di- from three different alternate Earths. You don't get that in normal comics these days. <laughs> Josh, is you involved with that? Not if you like it. <laughs> All right. I, I was, it's funny because I kept wanting to post on the site. You know, yeah. The, well, the rule is that he had to like it. Yeah. And he did, so. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I fully admit that it's not good. Like, it's, it's so, and that's why, I mean, I guess it can, I, and I kind of alluded to this, it could be considered like a guilty pleasure, but like, I, I, I don't I really buy it. right. Yeah, I don't buy into guilty pleasures. Like, it just, if it brings you pl- if it brings you pleasure, it's pleasure. You know, like, so. Yeah, no, I own it. I'm owning it, man. No shame at all. I love this book. I hope they never cancel it. Well, that being said, though, you know that it, like you like it, but right, it's not probably for everyone. Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. I'm not by no means, and that's why I was cracking up when I was reading the comments on the site this week, where people are like, "Oh, I'm not going to buy that book now," or oh, "I got to go pick this up and see what the hubbub is about." Like, like I, I'm flattered, but you no, you don't. You don't have to. It's like, you know, like, if you're not into it, don't worry about it. It's all good. You know, like, it's just no harm, no done. There'll be another one next week. Right, exactly. We're going to talk about some other books. You can go pick those up if this is, they're always going to be for you. Yeah, and more than likely, the book, the rest of the books we're going to talk about in the show, you did pick up. So we'll talk about them also. But, like, you know, it's nice to throw some love. And the thing is, I'm sure that all three of us have some book that we're the only ones who read it out of the three of us. 
You know, like I, I doubt that we all read the exact same stuff, and th- and honestly, that's what brings the fun to it. You know, like like honestly, like I'm not sitting here telling you guys you have to read this book; you're missing out. In fact, I would tell you neither of you should touch this book with a ten foot pole. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, right? You know, and so like it's all good, and like it's kind of like it's, and 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 part of it is also kind of mea culpa for you know ha- you know like we do- dove into comics a lot in the past year and all the fables jokes and back and forth the X Men jokes and back and forth. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like if you something in- enjoys it and you think it's good, that's all that's important. You know, like that's what that's what that's what this is all about. And you know, and I think that I think a lot of people in our little world tend to forget that. So yeah, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, is like, is is I was I was it was enjoyable to be reminded of of how easy it is to enjoy a stupid comic book. You know, excellent. So yeah, yeah. Fallen Sun of uh, Avengers. You guys bought this? I haven't bought any of them. Oh, oh, you, oh yeah, you're not buying you're not buying into this whole thing. So Connor, did you buy it or? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, what did you think? I loved it. Really, I hated it. This was almost. Like a- this was my co-pick of the week, I think. Oh, I hated it. I wanted to throw it across the room. Why? Um, I'm kind of anti-Jeff Loeb this week, and okay. I think th- this is just one reason. Um, I, I've, I, b- before we get before we get into the hate, I, I really loved Ed McGinnis's pencils, though. Oh, the art was fantastic. Fucking Spider-Man looks amazing. Ed McGinnis should be on Spider-Man right now. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, everybody looks great, though. I mean, yeah, everybody looked great. Um, but I thought Jeff Loeb's, Jeff Loeb's writing was just awful. I thought it was just. I thought the characters were didn't didn't sound like in character. Um, I thought the 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 parallel storytelling was confusing and not well done. Like it was trying to be Bendis. Um, at one point, Black Widow is about to get crushed by the monster, and she's depending on her gun, and it clicks. Like she runs out of ammo. Like doesn't she have powers? Doesn't she have the spider bite thing? Try click. Yeah. But neither is that little gun that she's holding, you know? And it's going click, click, you know? Like, I don't know. Um, I just thought the bickering of the card... I thought the card game was neat, and I was like, oh, this will be fun. But I thought, like, the, the bickering and the crying and the, you know, like, was just... I know it goes in with the concept, but I feel like he's forcing the concept of the stages of grief onto these characters. But they would be going through the stages of grief. That's the whole point. Right, no, I understand that. But I feel like he's forcing the concept onto the characters and making it fit. But it doesn't feel natural, so... Well, I, I don't understand what that means because they would be feeling it. It's natural that they would be feeling it. Right, but I but right, but I don't feel as if the way he wrote their reactions are nat- are true to the characters. Uh, I don't know. I think I think the idea that that Spider-Man would be the most angry one out of all is is, is really natural. Yeah, no, I I I guess so that too. But like, I mean, I don't know when when he in the beginning when he tells when the thing asks why is he wearing his mask and he's like my eyes are kind of red. And he's sniffing. Like, I, I don't know. It was just like, uh, it just didn't feel right. Like, something something felt off about uh, about every character on, on the team. I don't know. You know? I, felt the, I mean, I felt almost completely opposite in every sense. I thought it was perfect. I thought the, Interesting. Uh, I thought it was very heartfelt. I thought it was very um, moving at, at times. And I, it's, 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 I thought, I mean, this is exactly what I was looking for from this, from this series. This yeah. Series. yeah. Interesting. Um, and also, I wanted to point out that Marvel has their own Sharkman, though. They've always had him. Well, then what were you giving me shit for for the DC Shark Man? Because this, he's not actually a Shark Man. It's a guy in a costume with a fin on it. Look at his sharp teeth. Right, but he's not really a Shark Man. He's more, like, he's more like a man shark. It's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> shark Man... <laughs> shark Man and Man Shark are two very different things. <laughs> Neymar was taking him into the water to go to take him to prison. He would have drowned. Maybe maybe he had some sort of pro- protective air bubble thing, like he used to, you know. I don't know. 
<laughs> Tiger Shark. He's awesome. He's I remember he's an old character. Um, it's a so it's, you, you hated Wolverine. I'm assuming then. Oh my God, Wolverine! I I wanted to throw Fallen Sun across the room, and I threw Wolverine across the room after I read it. Did anybody else buy it, or am I solo on this one? No, I you. Up I, as soon as Guggenheim left. Yeah. I oh. Writing on the wall, and I didn't pick that up either. Oh my God! It's like I I, I literally couldn't believe what I was reading. I mean, I, I remember them making such a big deal about uh, Loeb and Simone Bianchi working on it. I don't think Bianchi's art is that great. Um, I understand what the style it is and everything, but like, I don't feel as if it fits in this regard. Mm-hmm. And it remember how it was going to be the definitive tale of, you know, finally Wolverine versus Sabretooth once and for all? Right. No, actually what it is is it's telling that man didn't evolve – as they thought it did, that possibly there's a, a, spl- a split in the in the genetic code of man, and that some people might have evolved from cats. <laughs> it's saying that it's saying that no, 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 men, you know, some men might have evolved from monkeys, but I, we think there's some people who evolved from cats. I mean, look at it. There's Wolverine. There's Sabretooth. There's uh, there's Wolfsbane. There's Sasquatch. There's Thorn. There's Feral. They and they start rattling off all these like you know cat-like characters. So they're all they're all cat. All yeah, basically. So basically, Jeff Loeb is redefining evolution in the Marvel Universe. Are they still fighting? Uh, they fought a little bit back and forth. I still don't understand what they're fighting over, or like what what the argument is or what the flashback is. It's just it's just it's a mess. It's a total mess. I haven't I haven't heard one good thing about this book or anything. Yeah. Well, it's sad because you know I've heard people on the site be like, "This is my first experience with Jeff Loeb, this and Fallen Son," and. So he's getting a bad name from this stuff. It feels like with people who are trying him out for the first time. Yeah, I, I, I almost be like read read Superman for all seasons. Yeah, I, or, or read or read Spider Man Blue or Hulk Gray or mm-hmm. any of the color series is or, or read the Long Halloween. Like Jeff Loeb yeah. is a good writer. Read Superman Batman books. I mean, like it's it's you know like it's valid that he does well. But I think I think because he's just getting restarted at Marvel. I don't know if he's trying to get a, associated with the characters again and get the right voice or whatever. He used to do really well with the, with the Golden Age Marvel characters. Yes, Spider Man was and the color series is all from their their origin times. He's really good with that. Yeah, maybe the mo- he may not be right for the modern world, Marvel. Right, possibly. I don't know, but all I know is that like as soon as I turn the page and it's Black Panther explaining evolution of Wolverine, you know, <laughs> and, and like and there was one exchange between Wolverine and Storm, which like I've been reading the X Men for for you know twenty years now, and it was a it was an exchange that like it just again didn't it felt out of character, you know. Man, you know, I would have kept buying if if, if uh, Guggenheim had stayed on the book. Yeah, I know. Huh. That's it's a shame. He's coming back, isn't he? Not to Wolverine, I don't think. Is no, he's he? Doing oh. Flash and something else. Oh yeah, yeah. he's coming back for an arc. He's coming back for an arc. Oh, yeah. is he? Uh, hopefully. So, so yeah. So I don't know. F Wolverine. So. Um, <laughs> Fifty two was almost the pick of the week. It totally was almost the pick of the week, despite the bad artist, um, the, the 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 yeoman artist, I guess, or the just the whatever, the Joe Bennett normal picks, normal um, art stuff. Um, I love the animal man, animal man stuff, and I love the I love the gathering of heroes like at the beginning of Fifty Two. Right. Like I loved how it was coming full circle. I love the Adam Strange stuff. I love that we're starting to wrap up, and then there's a fucking vagina bug at the end. <laughs> right. It was like Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Did you were you expecting that to come out of Skeets? No. No. Like I know Grant Morrison's a genius, the Captain but not. Marvel villain. Is it a Captain Marvel villain? Yeah, Master Mister Mind. Yeah, I never masked Mr. Mind. What an awful yeah. name. Does he look like a vagina bug always or I don't know. I just know that he's a Captain Marvel Marvel villain. 
Oh, that was uh, literally that one page was what I said. Well, I can't pick this. <laughs> I loved, I loved the, um, I loved everything you loved. I thought, I loved the, the funeral. I love that they're all coming together again, and that you got to see the origins of the Teen Titans. Like that, basically, that sort of gathering was led to the formation of the Teen Titans. Right. I thought it was funny that you had this whole group of heroes, and then standing in the middle of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, and anybody with any kind of deductive skills would be like, "Wait a minute!" Right. Yeah. What about these two guys standing around in their suits? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Why are they there? Yeah. But I don't see Superman <laughs> or Batman anywhere. Um, and uh, I love the Animal Man stuff, which I appreciate so much more after having read the Grant Morrison stories. So um, this was a real. This was this was the, the third co-pick of the week for me. Yeah, it came really close. Josh, did you like it or? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was the first thing I was going to say is is having read Animal Man, it made those parts all the more sweet. Like right. Yeah. And and for those and for those who who are listening might not know, all three of us collectively just finished reading Grant Morrison's Animal Man run, um, and so Animal Man's very fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. So, but like just the joy, you know, that that in their faces when they were like, "I'm back." Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. Yeah, and they took the mullet off the kid, which was helpful. Although he wears sunglasses <laughs> at night. <laughs> well, was he wearing the sunglasses because he was so bright? That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, it's sun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Starfire showing up with the jacket first because that was a sweet gesture on her part, and second because uh, the stripper joke was fun. Yes, <laughs> and the, uh, stripper. <laughs> no one will um, be able to sort out Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent now. Yeah. I, I know. That was kind of dumb. I, I thought the, I thought the heroes gathering exchange was good, except for that there's them being there and 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 um and Wonder Woman being there. Although Donna Troy. Well, no, I mean, I mean the real Wonder Woman being in her little white outfit. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, um, she's not going to stand out. Six foot the, two. Yeah, all white and sunglasses. But Donna Troy buffed up. When did that happen? Well, I think they're I trying to portray the Amazons more realistically. It's, yeah. They should be buffer. Should be yeah. Imposing. That uh, one, that one frame where she's hugging uh, Wonder Girl. I was like, I, I was like, is that Donna Troy? I was like, Jesus. Yeah, so. yeah I said the same thing because I was like, she's yeah. not supposed to be giant. She's supposed to be less than. Yeah. So. Well, she still is standing next to Wonder Woman, probably. Mm. I'd like to talk now about a book that is uh, tearing me to pieces at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wh- Justice Society number five. Here's what I feel like Justice Society number five. Uh, I feel like I'm a little kid and Hansel and Gretel being lured in by the candy by the, the old grandmother, and then uh, it's too late. I realize I'm, in, I'm inside the oven. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I was really enjoying it until I realized, oh my god, I'm smack dab in the middle of the Silver Age. <laughs> this this is Jeff Johns and and I would imagine Brad Meltzer just going completely overindulgent. Uh, I was I, I just I, I liked the book itself. I don't like what it means. <laughs> I mean, I don't like what it means that you know they brought the idea that Superman went to the future with the Legion of Superheroes is a Silver Age, a Silver Age concept. It doesn't fit in the modern age. Now we've got it back. It's just that people are taking it in a direction I don't like. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to point out that I have full-size mannequins of you and Josh in my apartment that I like to sit around with. And, <laughs> uh, Reminisce with and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I have your, What's mine wearing? Uh, you've got your hands on your hips, and uh, you got your little green like, zip-up thing, and... Uh, Ron got his hands up like he's getting up, you know, like he's flexing. Like, but wait a minute, Connor. Why are there two of my mannequins? <laughs> oh, no! Because <laughs> they that's, wouldn't have noticed that right away. That's not a statue. <laughs> I 
think that's creepy that I've got that stuff. Um, <laughs> my question is, why is there... Alright, there's that, that, that chapter where they, the page where they first go into the, the uh, fortress and there's a Nightwing statue, a Power Girl statue, a Superman, a Earth 2 statue, and a Jimmy Olsen statue. Yeah. So that is why. I don't... Was, that, was that from when Nightwing was supposed to have died? Maybe? Isn't, isn't that Bruce Wayne's a dinosaur? No. <laughs> Maybe? It makes, no, it makes no sense to have that group of people. Right. I didn't even notice that, dude. Oh, my God. Like, is that from Countdown? Are they, are they foreshadowing? I don't know, but... That was creepy. Oh. I was like, why is there a Nightwing I, I think that's it. Yeah. Because those are all the characters, except for Nightwing. And Power Girl. Power Girl's in Power Girl was she... The, she was the integral part. She was, she was the linchpin of... Of Infinite of Crisis. Crisis, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Not Countdown, but Infinite Crisis, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But Jimmy Olsen's Countdown, oh, I don't know. I can't keep track anymore. I don't what but the point of the story is, while the issue itself was good, I liked Batman fighting himself, and I liked him, he was the, I liked all that stuff. I didn't like the idea that they're bringing us basically uh, kicking and screaming into the Silver Age again, and I, don't, I do not like that at all. I, I, I don't like Geoforce. I don't no. Like Geoforce. You don't need him. <laughs> so he's on the team now, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I think it's interesting that on the JLA where you have... I don't know, 13, 14 members. And then you got the, the JSA, which has uh, who knows how many members. They 35. thought, well, well how, about, how about we add the Legion to this? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we don't have enough characters, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, th- this, was, this was really rough. I was really surprised at this. I mean, I'm torn. I, I, I like it, but I don't. And I don't, you know, it's, it's even worse than the, than the JLA. Yeah. This, this is the first issue I haven't actually loved. I was I was really ho- when I started this I'm like okay if anyone's gonna make sense of this insanity that Meltzer started it will be Jeff Johns and it just and it just got worse. So I just I, I think that these are gonna be you know these are gonna be books that some people really like yeah and some people don't it's gonna be one of those things and you know like there's gonna what be people who think this is great. Yeah, I know. People are going to read it and be like, yes, this is like old times and whatever. And I guess, and Connor, I guess it can be said that it's pulling in, the, it's, it's combining the best of the Silver Age with the, with the modern age, like with current. I could, like, it's like the bridging the gap between there the two. I could very s- little good about the Silver Age. I, I like the Silver Age. I'm a big fan of the Silver Age. I don't want to read it now. Silver Age works in its time. I can go back yeah. and read those issues and enjoy them because I take it into context. I don't want to read Silver Age style stories now. Hey, did you um, did you pick up on the reference to Sandman Volume One? No. Yeah, I did really quick. I don't remember what it was though. It's the the villain in Arkham. Is the it's the it's the guy who stole the Sandman's thing at the beginning of Volume One. Uh, what you recall oh, it? You've, you've come so far. Haven't I? Aren't you proud of me? My God. <laughs> People out there don't realize what just happened. Bat, when Bat, when they when they talk about it, who it is, Batman says, you know, years ago he killed a bunch of people in a diner or something like that. It's that it's that whole it's that whole thing. Wow, nice work. Yeah, he was once in possession of a Dreamstone that enabled him to make nightmares a reality. Oh, yeah. okay, right, right. Yep. So, wow, I really like the Sandman. By the way, this Sandman. I love, I love the Sandman. You, uh, Josh, if you like him, you should read the last uh, series of J- uh, JSA because he's awesome in it. He was that was one of the things that that got me reading it. He was I mean, great. He's he's creepy and good, yeah. and really interesting. Yeah, he's really good. Unlike so. Geoforce, <laughs> who is everything but. And I, it's funny because I've been rereading uh, James Robinson's Starman, and I really don't like this Starman. <laughs> well, I think interesting, this, but I wish he didn't have the name. 
I think that's. Well, but I think this this Starman's broken. I think he it's gonna be, he'll be fixed. You yeah. know, like yeah. So, but he's the Legion Starman because he's a, he is a mannequin and he's got a beard. He's so. creepy. Creepy indeed. So, Josh, what did you buy this week? Uh, the only thing that I really wanted to make sure that we got to is that um, I have tried to grow a little, and I picked up the last couple uh, Usagi Ojimbos, and this week uh, 102 came out. Cool. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah? Uh, the, these are or issues you can kind of just pick up and read. Um, I think the, the one thing that's really neat about it is that it's if you've ever read um, any of the Lone Wolf and Cub stuff, like these kind of stories have like a really simple morality to them. And, but they don't end with happy endings. Like, it's somebody tries to do the right thing, and then a lot of times it just ends really sad and it's horrible. And like, oh well, we tried. Right. But something like, similar to Jonah Hex sounds like. A little bit, yeah. Actually, it's very similar to that. But it's a little bit cartoony, and like you expect it to go uh, one way in tone, and then it sort of goes the other. Um, this is a really simple elegance to it that I, that I like, and it, it's it's difficult to. It's difficult to describe it because on the surface you're like this is this is too simple for me, but as you keep going you you learn to like it a little more and I have a feeling that the people who've been reading this for you know years and years and years that's what they're getting is that there's just something about it that's not evident at right at first but when you keep going with it it gives you that feeling like it's just kind of fun to read and it's and it, it, you you want to know what happens and you're rooting for them and behind the really simple characterizations there's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, the line work is really interesting. The whole thing is not like a ton of shading or anything. It's just really simple. And Sakai has this has this neat style that, that it, I don't know. It's it's very charming in a way. But at what the is, same time, what is the uh, what is the um, the premise for people who don't know? Okay, uh, it's like feudal Japan, and Yusagi Yojimbo is a masterless samurai, a ronin, and he walks around finding different adventures and things like that. He's a badass swords, swordsman, and, and you know people are trying to kill him, and you know it's basically just like that. He wanders around, discovers different things, finds love, loses love, and and I really like. I've got a, for feudal Japan stories; they're fun because everything is so stagey, and like there's all this honor, and you're not honorable, but I'm the assassin, and blah blah blah, and, and all that kind of stuff. But like, like it's funny because he's a cute bunny, and I, I know that's silly, but he's got like a little attitude to him. Nice. Just a little bit. Like, if you look, I, and I hadn't realized it, but, like, Usagi Ojimbo's known for having a scar over one of his eyes. And I always yeah. thought it was a big, silly eyebrow, but it's not. Oh, like that's he, a scar? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. Oh, cool. It's, it's a sword cut. Oh, um, wow. But if you go back and you buy 101 and 102, you can pretty much figure what's going on and see. You'll get a sense of if you're going to like it or not by the end of it. It's probably not for everybody, um, but it is a different kind of thing. It's a fun comic, and, and, and the dude really knows what he's doing. I'm going to keep buying it for a while, because for some reason, I really enjoyed it in a way that, which is bad for a podcast, I can't quite explain. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, honestly, I'm not surprised. I thought I, I thought that if you got your hands on it, not that I've ever read anything, but for some reason, I whatever I, I thought, what, as it came up recently, I thought, you know, Josh might like that book, so well, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad you picked it up. I so. absolutely loved to death uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. I couldn't get enough right. of it. It was like, right. you know, like when you discover like a TV show on DVD and you can't stop watching it? Right. That's what Lone Wolf and Cub was like for me. I devoured those volumes. Yeah. And I, I, and I, like they were still coming out when I got to like the late twenties. And so like I was reading them one after another, and all of a sudden I was like, wait, I have to wait a month? Damn it! So are you going to buy into the 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 new releases that are coming that are going to come out? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm okay, cool. Interested in doing that because it's funny because people are claiming sacrilege because it's a different artist, but the original artist it's dead, so I don't know what you want. Yeah, there's nothing really you could do about that. Too bad to stop the book. <laughs> no, 
know. I yeah. think it's the same writer, so. Right, yeah, no, might as well. I, I think it's totally fine, yeah, so. Cool. Well, so Yusaji Jimbo number 102 came out this week, and, mm-hmm. and that's and good it, to know. It's not hard to find the back issues because it's not like it, they sell out. <laughs> it's Dark Horse, right? Yes, definitely. It's a black yeah. and white book. Even the paper is actually a little more newsprinty than we're used to, which I appreciated for some reason. I liked it. <laughs> cool. Very cool. It kills a lot of ninja. <laughs> that's always a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Ninja, ninja deserve to get killed. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I want to mention one book really briefly. I think my favorite book of the week was Amazon's Attack Number 1 which was a bit of a surprise. I, t- I took a chance on it. Um, took a chance on an unknown kid. And, uh, <laughs> Amazon's Attack is a um, miniseries that, that's coming out of Wonder Woman. It's crossing over with Wonder Woman. And it basically the story is uh, Wonder Woman's mother was dead. Uh, evil sorceress Cersei re- resurrects her and says, look, the men, the men have imprisoned your daughter for the murder of Maxwell Lord. So the mother gets all pissed off, and she raises the army of Amazons, and they invade, they invade America. And um, this issue opens with the father and son at the, the Lincoln Memorial, and the father's explaining the speech and how important it is, and there's a big flash of light, and the entire Amazonian army standing on the, the, the mall in Washington with all these big, like, Lord of the Rings-style weapons and things. And then uh, Amazon Amazonian warrior walks up to the father and son and hacks them both to death. Oh, my God, you're kidding me. No. Who wrote it? Uh, Will Pfeiffer. Oh my God, it's ballsy. Yeah, the first three pages they hack a kid up. Um, uh, you don't see it; it's off, it's off panel, but the, you see the blood flying everywhere. And uh, oh, that's awesome. And uh, it's great art by Pete Woods, who I love. He's still drawing. Yeah. And uh, this was really fun. It's basically the, the pissed off Amazonians invading. They, they, and the Justice League, Justice League is in this too. They're they're fighting off the Amazonians. So it's um. Wow. The big raucous time. They they take out the White House. Uh, Black Lightning shows up to defend the White House, and Batman's on the scene, and it's good. It's fun. It was a lot of fun. So you're gonna, you're gonna buy the whole series? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And now, does it tie into? Is it just an event that's happening, or does it tie into anything that's going on, or no? Well, it's tying into Wonder Woman. I'm, it, it, I'm sure it won't tie into other books, even though you imagine an invasion of the United States would. <laughs> yeah, you think. That's how it works <laughs> in comics sometimes. Um, they, they, they claimed in some of the panels that all of these events are sort of going to be loosely tied together or reference each other somehow, but at the moment I'm not really concerned about it. I'm just having a good time reading it. It's just good comic, book, good comic booking, huh? Yeah. How, how many issues? Um, six. One of six. Hmm. And hmm, great interesting. Art and really good. Will Pfeiffer is a good writer and uh, good times. Wow, I wouldn't have thought... Yeah. I wouldn't have pe- I wouldn't have pegged you to have gotten that, Connor. I'm I'm, I'm surprised. Well, I enjoyed I enjoyed much more the, the latest issue of Wonder Woman. That was also very good. So this is. A- oh, you got the latest issue of Wonder Woman with the new with the new writer. Well, the, the last three issues have been the new writer, and it's been oh, okay. very controversial. I've enjoyed them. This one is the best one of the three. Uh, art yeah. by the t- the Dotsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. Well, she, she's not like the new writer. She's the writer right now, but she's not staying. She's, she's just getting. Yeah, she's staying for an arc, and then Jay Torres is coming on, and Gail Simone's coming on. Right, right. As they frantically try to recover from the Allen Heinberg debacle. Yep, Heinberg brought uh, it down. God. Con- Connor desperately wants to like a Wonder Woman book, and he's trying, goddammit. <laughs> go, bu- go, re- go read the old ones. Go read Phil Jimenez's and George Perez's runs on them. <laughs> Those were good, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, so yeah, so it was a, 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 a unique week in comics, I think. Between Excalibur and Usagi Ojimbo and Amazons. I think we all had a little bit of, of exploration going on. <laughs> so, all right, cool. So, um, Josh, I think you're going to de- depart yeah, from I'm, us? Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to beg off here and, and yeah. stop bothering people in the hotel and people like that. And, <laughs> and have right, them well, come through here. Well, tell, tell him that dude he can use the room now. Yeah, yeah tell him it's all his. 
Hey, uh, <laughs> I will be on Around Comics this week. Yes. I'm not sure which days and which ones, but by the time this comes, I will have done it. Right. So, so next week or uh, this week's Around Comics, either their Monday or their fr- or their Thursday or Friday show, possibly you'll be both. on one, one, possibly both. You'll be on that. So mm-hmm. everybody. I'm Go to aroundcomics.com and check it out. They're awesome. So enjoy Chicago. Have fun, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. So before we move on from that, let's uh, let's first talk about our first sponsor, Netflix. Uh, Connor, you use the Netflix? I use the Netflix. You know, I use the Netflix because we're friends on Netflix. Yes, um, we are. So if you go, uh, Netflix, for those of you who don't know, is your is the best option for renting DVDs. Uh, you go online, you pick the movies you want, they send them to you, you watch them, you send them back when you're done. There are no late fees, free shipping. Um, plans start at four ninety nine and up. Um, if you go now and sign up, you get a free two-week free trial. They also have a really cool thing where you can watch movies online, which is super cool. Um, yep. So head over to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy. That's www.netflix.com slash ifanboy and sign up um, for an account. So yep. If you the- want that two-week free trial, you got to use that URL. Yes, exactly. And www in front of it. So yep. um, we love the Netflix. So Netflix, I love it. Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Okay. They own my soul. Did, we, right, did uh, we get I'm an sure email we, this week? Or? Yeah, we got Oh, God, we got email. Okay. Uh, the first letter is from Sebastian. He says, I have recently discovered your podcast and I really enjoy it, but sweet, merciful Christ, the term fanboy is awful. Why, why? You couldn't come up with anything better? Come on. You guys deserve better than that. Your reviews are great and, the three have, and you three have engaging personalities. To call yourself fanboys is you a disservice. Fanboy carries with it a negative connotation, especially with the perception of comic book fans by the public at large. I think you all have potential to bring the glory of comics to the average Joe, but if you continue to refer to yourself as fanboys, it ain't going to happen. I know it must seem set in stone at this point, but if your show goes beyond a podcast, please consider changing the name. Even Geek is better than Fanboy. Don't even front otherwise. I ain't going to front on this one. You're going to front on this one? I talked with Josh to the, about this when this one came in, and he said he, he's, his answer encas- encapsulates my answer as well, and his answer is, why, why Fanboy? Because fuck them, that's why. Yeah, that's kind of like the reclaiming thing. Yeah, it's the same yeah. as reclaiming. If you're, we're not ashamed of ashamed of it we wouldn't have called ourselves that if we were exactly uh if you are ashamed of it then that's something you need to think about but uh <laughs> there's no there's no reason why i'm not saying sebastian just saying in general if you're something you're ashamed of i i didn't agree with it when, when joe casada said in an interview with nusrama that fam, he wanted to get rid of the term fanboy yeah that's uh, I think pretentious. If, you to, if you want to put a negative connotation on it then that's your business but i don't put a negative connotation i'm proud of it and, and if we if we weren't we wouldn't use it and the thing is, you know, to say even geek is better than fanboy, that's just you're just preaching to the choir. You're talking into the echo chamber there. I mean, like, I could I could take you to a whole bunch of people who would say, "Hey, he's a geek," and they'll beat you up. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, and uh, these words are whatever value we put on them. And for us, actually, actually, fanboy is a very positive thing, and 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 I fanboy is even more positive. So. Yes. So also, the, fanboy.com was taken. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right. Anyway, so so thank you, Sebastian. And and it's a debate that will spark on for ages. Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And the thing is, is that you know I don't have enough time to really worry about it. So, um, besides, our logo is nifty. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So, all right. Our next email comes from uh, this is one of my favorite emails we've gotten in a while from uh, V Smith. Um, He's got a bunch of questions. So let's yeah, he does. Go. So let's go through them. So. Um, 
All right, so number one, one of your listeners asked about where comics are going. What do we think of e-ink? The technology is being approved upon, and he envisions within a generation we'll be able to buy books with empty digital pages. Imagine putting a memory stick into an empty book and being able to read several books on your commute with having to hurt, without having to hurt your back. Um, right now, he buys stuff from Pullbox online, and it's great for people wanting to sample some indie works. Speaking of sampling, Pullbox has, decided, has added samples of the stuff they sell. Um, so, so, well, before we go to the next one, we'll answer this question. I think yeah. you're you're absolutely right. Sony has an e-reader. There's a couple other things. It's going to be a little device like a cell phone or a Palm Pilot or something like that. You can download and put them on. If they can get color to work, then I'm there. Right it has now, to be a little bit bigger than a Palm Pilot. I mean, people don't want to. Oh yeah, well, no, the Sony e-reader, the Sony e-reader is bigger than a Palm Pilot. I'm sorry, that was it. The right. Sony e-reader has got some got some height to it, so it's but right. it doesn't have some heft to it, which is important. So. Um, and this I think is a hot button issue right now. This is suddenly yeah. all over the fucking place. Well, because the thing is, I think people are starting to freak out because they're realizing that that's what's going. It's it's, it's going to happen. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, I've worked in I've worked in publishing. I know the cost of paper. It's just been going up over the past ten years. You know, it's it's becoming it's becoming uneconomical. And 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 where where are we talking about it? Or where were we talking about it? Or was it on a podcast? Or what did we see? Yeah, we were talking about it last week on last week's show. Yeah. When, when I was in San Francisco, how if I could subscribe and get the issues um, sent to me for like you know twenty five cents an issue, and then buy the trade for ten bucks at the end of the run and put it on my shelf, I'll do that. I do that in a second. Yeah, exactly. Or subscribe. I do that. I yeah. I would subscribe to online comics way before I subscribe to mail order comics. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I so. would. Yeah, totally. I would never do a mail order comic. Yeah, uh, unless but, unless they wanted to sponsor us, and then I'd be all right. for them. So yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I like the idea of of you having a member stick. You can read like you know you can have eighty books on your stick. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. It'd be like imagine I, an iPod for comics. Yeah, totally. Or you've got you know the entire run of whatever on a little memory card, and you just plug yeah. it into your book, and then you've got it. That'd be yeah. awesome. So. It should okay. save a lot of space. I'm currently looking at a desk that l- literally every free space on the desk is covered with a, with a tray paper back right You should now. see my kitchen table right now. It's awful. I've seen it. It's, it's bad. You can indeed on it. The people should see it. Anyway, so, all right, so his next question is, he's dodged spoilers for the Black Lightning saga, so you want to know if we have a clue as to what the title refers to. Does it have to do with Captain Marvel, Black Lightning, Li- Lightning Lab, or maybe Black Adam? With Meltzer, maybe the villain is a multicolored thought box. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, by the way, I think it's Josh who's in DC Remedial class. If you need a refresher course on the Legion, check out the cartoon if you're up on Saturday at about 10.30. It's a good show, and I've learned quite a bit from it. Well, first of all, he's talking about the JLA-JSA uh, crossover, which is called Black Lightning Saga. Is that the crossover right now that we don't understand what's going yes. on? Yes, okay. that's it. Yeah, so I don't know what it means either yet. So, it's, uh, I would assume it definitely, definitely has nothing to do with Black Adam, though. Cause that's yeah, it's all Legion stuff, right? Yeah. So I would assume it has to do with the Lightning Lad and Black Lightning. Yep. Okay, so um, so now here's the, here's his, his his next question, which is great. Also, Josh is not going to watch that cartoon. Yes, he's not. Um, so anyway, um, number three, I'm going to have to betray Marvel yet again. I know Civil War is done, but the World War Three mini for Week Fifty felt to me like a totally optional experience. I picked it up because I like Fifty Two a lot, but the four extra books were just to tighten gaps between Infinite Crisis and One Year Later. With Civil War, there were a couple books that were written that were written which totally fit into the seven part Civil War, but they were separate books at three bucks a piece. If people want to know why lots of fanboys are on Joe Quesada's case, like I have been, it's just because DC looks a lot better in comparison. Marvel got me in comics, but and I like more of the characters, but when you talk continuity, DC is Marvel beat. This is a fantastic point that World War III was completely optional and not necessary to buy. Yep. I bought all four of issues, and I loved them. I thought they were great. All they did was expand on panels of 52. You didn't have to buy them to read them. And that's how, that's how you do it right. And it's contrary to what they, Marvel had said about the Civil War story. Right, Whereas exactly. You, you wouldn't need to read the other books, and you did. And Despi- this is the yep. D- despite all that, uh, make mine Marvel. <laughs> I'm shocked. 
Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I still love you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Mike G. from Ottawa, Canada writes, he says, what do you guys think about stories that place their characters in real-world situations? Does it trivialize the issue, or can it be used to comment on what is taking place? What did you think of the Amazing Spider-Man issue that dealt with 9-11, or the first issue of the Ultimates 2 that drops Captain America in the middle of Iraq? Since a superhero, superhero can merely swoop in and solve these situations in a matter of minutes, does it trivialize it, and should they be left out of comics in general, or, do you, or are they like any other form of literature that tells its stories in the backdrop of reality? It's a very good question. I was a bit weirded out by the 9-11 issue. I was uh, too. But then again, we were both in New York for it, so I yeah. don't know how everyone else felt about it. I was weirded out by it. And it also happened very soon after. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it did... It, it's kind of ridiculous. It works within Ex Machina sense. Well, that well, works. well, because that's the point of Ex Machina, and the thing is, it, it's it's and it's that's like an alternate world, so it's not really real, you know. But right. the th- the thing about the thing about the nine eleven issue of Spider Man is that is that, and this is th- this is why I think it, I'm okay with it because Marvel has always somewhat taken place in the pseudo real world. Right. It's always been in New York. It's always they've always referred to the president or David Letterman or whoever else. They've always been like, "What if superheroes walked among us?" So for them to ignore nine eleven, I don't think they could have gotten away with. Okay, for us to blame Thor for not saving us, saving the towers, is unrealistic. You know what I mean? Like, you know, right. it's it's conceivable that something could happen. You know, on their watch and, and you know whatever. Um, it makes sense for it to be ignored in DC though, because I feel like DC lives in this separate pocket, nice universe. Sure, no, it it would it would be really out of place in DC. Yeah, so um, uh, but it's, it's still it's still weird. I mean, it's that, tough. I it's tough. I mean, I mean, a part of me, you know, it's part of our reality, and we can't ignore it. Um, you know, but it it was, I mean, and maybe us being in New York at the time and living through it was was difficult. But I mean. I don't know. It just it. it I understand. I understand. It didn't make it. It it made sense to me that they did it. I didn't know? hate it. That's yeah. for sure. I just did, I was weirded weirded out by it. Yeah. It I don't just, think I knew how to feel about it. But it, it's. It, but in, in in general, I think it's. Look, comics are like any any other form of art. They're going to comment yeah. on society, and if if that's yeah. what they want to do, I'm not going to begrudge them for for talking about real world issues. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But the thing is, is that I don't think I I think where where they they where they're they're right to to steer away from is like steering away from the war and steering away from specific kind of really negative things and and presupposing that like well if superheroes are around then they would make things so much better because they wouldn't. You know, things would still be complicated right. and fucked up. So you know, so it's but, not. But then again, there's a history of it. I mean, all the yeah. World War II superheroes fought the war. Right, but you but know. like you, but like, like you said earlier in this podcast, it was a different time. True, that's true. You know, what I mean, because the thing the, the thing was is people, that people wouldn't people wouldn't accept that these days. Right. Yeah. The, the problem was with World War II is that it was very clear who were the good guys and who were the bad guys and who was evil and who wasn't. And and while you while probably historians could argue the gray areas and stuff like that, I mean, pretty pretty much everybody was all in agreement that Nazis were were pretty bad. Right. You know, so so having Captain America mow down a bunch of Nazis with with a machine gun was acceptable and, and encouraged and actually helped the country morale. The we've gone through a much darker and dare I say grim and gritty past forty years or so, mm-hmm. and you know like and and as opposed to Captain America and Bucky parachuting into World War II, we have books like the Nam, and right. and you know and Punisher born. And I'm still shocked they have made a comic book about Vietnam. I I am too, and and that it went on for all those years oh, it did. Forever. Yeah, and it's part of continuity. Yeah, Punisher. Fra- was in the world. Yeah, because Punisher was in the Nam. Yeah, so. wasn't he? Wasn't he retconned to go for? Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't. Was he? No, because because yeah, uh, Punisher. No, Punisher born was the, was Nam, wasn't it? Yeah, but and sometimes he's sometimes he's Nam, and sometimes he's he's go for. Ah, whatever. You know, the the Iron Man movie is going to have Tony Stark in Vietnam, not the Korean War. Really? Yep. 
That's weird. Yeah, it's fucked up. So right. anyway, so that's our take on the topic. So yeah. thank you, Mike. You've got any in. emails you want to write in and ask us any questions or comment on the show? You can write us at contact at ifanboy.com. Yeah. So um, so Connor, why don't you tell us about Comical? Comical.com is your place on the internet for uh, trade paperbacks and comic books. You can get uh, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, all the major publishers, forty up to forty percent off. They've even got subscription services. You can get new books where you can uh, order and then have them shipped to you every month. Just like uh, not even going outside, you just have them come in. You don't have to leave. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So Comical, C O M I C H O L E, from their hole to your home. Awesome. All right, cool. So, um, so we got some voicemail this week. Um, yep. Our first one. Um, uh, I was actually actually impressed to hear this voicemail. Hi, this is uh, Jeff from Texas, and I wanted to tell you guys you're doing a great job on the podcast. And also, uh, one of my favorite books that comes out fairly regularly is Wisdom from uh, the Marvel Knights line. And I think it's just a really exciting book and a really cool character and a really odd character to base a miniseries on, a character that doesn't get a lot of love, hasn't gotten a lot of love in the past couple of years, and now he's in Excalibur and he's in his own series. And I think it's one of the most unique books that Marvel's putting out because it's not strictly... It, for, for me, it feels like a Vertigo book almost, but in a Marvel setting. And... uh I don't know. More people need to pick it up. I hope when the trade comes out, it sells really well. Uh, I didn't even think we were going to make it to issue number three, to be honest, because nobody really seems to be buying it, or at least people who buy it don't seem to be talking about it that much. But uh, I think it's a really just kick-ass book. So uh, thanks a lot. Bye. So do you buy Wisdom Run? Um, I actually bought the first issue because I, um, I like Jeff, thought the character, I like the character Wisdom. He's from Excalibur, which is from, we talked about earlier in the podcast. Um, and I was really surprised to see a Max miniseries with him as the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dropped it after the first issue because it reminded me, it reminded me of a Vertigo book. So it's oh, kind wow. of ironic that he called <laughs> in with his comments. Um, it was very kind of whimsical uh-huh. and had, had fairies and stuff like this. And oh, like, that's the kiss of death for you. Yeah, pretty much. And, um... Um, but I, I hope it does well because, like, if we remember back a few years ago, a little character named Madrox got a Marvel Knights miniseries, and then mm-hmm. it spun off into a regular series called right. X Factor. So, well, there you go. So hopefully, Wisdom does well, and if it's good as Jeff says, then. Uh... But he he is absolutely correct that nobody is talking about it for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> I never even heard of it. Yeah, no, I bought the first issue, but it was like he said, a a um a what you call it a, a Vertigo book. book. Yeah, so. What can you do? All right, cool. Um, so another question about um, are people buying comics? Hey, this is Greg from Boston, and uh, I'm just coming out of my supermarket. They got Archie comics on the racks. Just wondering, seeing those in the stores, who is buying those? I'm not buying them. Are you buying them? Are the kids buying them? Because I don't see kids in my comic book store. Um, yeah, what's the deal with Archie comics? Well, I think, I mean, I don't see Archie comics in my comic store, but I see them in the supermarket like you saw Who in the is supermarket. buying them? I think kids buy. I think kids buy them in the supermarkets. I do see them. I do see them in the supermarket. And I don't the see them in the store. comic book store. I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Oh, you do? Oh. Well, I shop at a smaller store, but yeah, I don't. But... I don't know that anyone buys them. Uh, I they pu- you know they print a shitload, and I you know they how I know from the the daily press releases we get from them. <laughs> um, no, I, I. You know what? I would imagine that the people who buy them are like the the same people that buy uh, comics. I think there's a lot of older people who bought them as kids who probably buy them. You think so? Yeah, I do. I don't know. I'm not. This is a theory. I, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit. I used to buy them a lot when I was younger. Oh, I, n- I never read Archie for some reason. I, I had, I have so much Archie in a box somewhere. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sound, you sound <laughs> like a serial. You sound like a serial killer. <laughs> it's a box. 
<laughs> it puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> uh, let's not go down this dark road. Um, I know where we're going next. Uh, <laughs> no, I used to love Archie when I was like in junior high school. You have to give the distinction for being the only comic that's still in the, in the supermarket racks. Right, yeah, no, and, and they just keep going. They, I mean, honestly, they, they, they keep, keep chugging. for some, Someone's buying it. I don't so, know who. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Archie, good for you, I guess. Yeah, woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next voicemail um, um, has got... Um, I don't have anything to say about this voicemail. <laughs> Sup, I fanboy, it's Vito. I am at the JetBlue terminal here at JFK Airport. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank Josh... For the uh, recommendation on Fell, I tried, uh, I think, issue eight last week, the one that was the pick of the week last week, and um, I was uh, I wasn't uh, turned off by it, and I think I'm going to check out the trade when it comes out. So, uh, you guys did your job, um, Connor. I couldn't agree with your pick of the week more. I think Andrego should be taking over Nightwing, and uh, let's see if uh, the fanboy nation can mobilize and get the DC nation to uh, make that happen. Uh, I actually have a question, but uh, all that garbage that I just finished speaking uh, probably, what do you call it, just uh, nullified it. Anyway, the question is this. I was reading JLA uh, number eight this week, and I noticed that Wildcat said something like uh, Han shot first, and I thought that was really out of character. And I was just wondering if you guys have noticed that some writers get it and some writers don't get it, you know, uh, if there's any, like, grievous errors on, on a writer's part where they write a character the way that we've known for years and they've um, screwed pooch, so to speak. Talk to you guys later. I'm in L.A. for the week, so uh, if you got any questions, give me a call. Uh, you guys will call me. We, we can't call him. I don't have his phone number. He calls us. That's how it works, Vito. Come on. Um, I, I love the I love the uh, the announcements in the background at JFK. That we know those J- well. JetBlue Terminal. Whew. Anyway, um, I did notice that Han that Han line. I forgot completely about that. That was I did too, and that, that was that's completely out of place, especially for Wildcat. Yeah, well, we were just talking about it earlier about uh, you know I felt as if Jeff Loeb and the Avengers was completely out of place, but you disagree with me, so blow me. Well, there were no pop culture <laughs> references that were out of place. No, I know there were no like, pop culture. But it was have... just it was just writing things out of character. But yeah, and I, I know even with the pop pop culture thing, and nothing really jumps to mind. Um, well, I mean, your, uh, your your example would be the entire Fallen Sun issue. I mean, that's well, yeah. Well, that was written out of character, but it's not not because of pop culture references. Well, no, been, no, yeah. But I thought it was written out of character. But he, he, what he's saying is more general in that some writers get it, some don't. And I just something is off about JLA. I don't know what it is. It's just it's off by two degrees, <laughs> two, two important degrees. In an alternate universe, it's awesome though. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So he's right. He's right. That line sucks. Yeah. Anyway, so hopefully Vito had fun in LA. So. It's unfortunate because I'm reading Brad Melter's current novel and I like it a lot. It's just it's, yeah, I don't think he's a bad writer. I just something's all, I agree with you. Something's off. Identity so. Crisis was really good, and his Green Arrow was really good too. Yeah. All right, cool. Yep. All right. All right. Rock and roll. So, um, okay. So our last voicemail um, uh, has asked a very good question. Hey, this is John. I have a question for you guys. Was there a point to World War Three? Was I mean, is is that what Fifty Two is all about? That is that the big reveal that. There's this World War Three, and there's nothing really happens. And Martian Manhunter's doing yoga, contemplating whether or not he's going to get involved. And when he does, who cares? And you can read 52, and they resolve everything there. I mean, punching one of the Teen Titans through the chest was pretty good, but four books for that? You know? Just curious. 
Well then. <laughs> it's a very good question. <laughs> no, that's not a good question. Well, yeah, I think it is. It's fairly obvious that the point of it was to expand upon the what happened and to fill in the gaps between one year later and Infinite Crisis, which they couldn't get yeah. to. In but it's not the point of 52, I don't think. No, the, no, that was the point of World War III, which is what his right. question was. I right, mean, exactly. They stated but pretty st- flat out that was the point of it. I still am curious as to whether or not they always meant to do World War III or if that's something that kind of happened. Well, we'll never know unless, you know... Well, yeah, I'm sure the story will come out on... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know Grant Morrison will, or somebody will tell the story or something, and 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 turns out they got the great idea and they didn't they, they couldn't do fifty fifty six. I honestly believe I honestly believe it because that that seemed to be the point of it in the beginning. Yeah, and I think they just I think as right, good writers do, they got all involved in the characters they were writing and then yeah wanted to write those stories. Yeah, totally. I don't see, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be true. I mean, there's really no reason why. Yeah. Uh, why say otherwise? And I don't think it's bad. So you know. Oh, it was good. I'm so yeah. sad it's ending. Yeah, I know. Yeah, me too. So, All right, so if you have any questions or want to tell us anything or complain to us, you can call us at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. Good job. Good job. All right, so we got Josh from Chicago. We got we did emails, voicemails. It was a good week, I think. I, I yeah, I, yeah, I hope next week's week of comics is better. Yeah, me too. It was a rough week. So. It was but, a very um, average week. Yeah. So, oh well, but you know, you want you want another seventeen issue week like last time? No, no, yeah, no. that's what I thought. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. I don't so, know what right. so, all right, let's wrap this sucker up. If so, you disagree um, with us <laughs> and think that we're stupid, as many people do, you can go to ifanboy.com and you can write about it there on the pick of the week form, or you can go to the revision three forms, which are linked on the website, and discuss comic books with us. Yeah, we like it's, it. a f- it's a fun time. So, um, <laughs> and like we mentioned, if you want to um, contact us directly, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And don't forget, every Wednesday uh, is our video show, iFanboy, which is completely different than the audio show. Some people, some people are a little confused and think this is just a uh, video version of the audio show, but it's not. It's a new. Sh- it's a different show. We've got different content, and it's all. Original. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about next Wednesday. <laughs> I forgot. Um, next Wednesday is um, oh, it's it's uh, we'll be talking about um, some mature titles published by DC under a yes. certain imprint. Yes. So yes. Let's check that out Wednesday on revision three dot com slash ifanboy or on ifanboy dot com. We also have it up there. Yeah. Three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. About that. Uh, if you're in, if you're into the whole internet thing. Boy, have we got some news for you. Yeah, uh, you can go to myspace.com slash ifanboy or comicspace.com slash ifanboy, but... But wait, there's more! There's more. Now you can also go to facebook.com slash ifanboy. No, actually you can't. uh, That's wrong. Just go to facebook.com and search for ifanboy or something. I haven't figured out Facebook and how to do the direct links. But oh, really? Face- it's not Facebook- right? Facebook.com slash iFanboy does not work. I don't that's think Facebook egg works on that my way. Case. Yeah, that's okay, though. Um, it was in the script, so I apologize. But, uh, um, uh, but yeah, so go to Facebook and look for iFanboy, and you can find us there. Um, or uh, there's, a, there's, a new, there's a new kid on the block. Yep. Uh, a new site called Verb. I don't know if you kids have heard about this yet, but verb.com slash iFanboy. Um, and there you can see our new page that we're just starting to work on, and um, it's the new place. It's going to be cool in MySpace in two years. V-I-R-B dot com slash iFanboy and our page is in its infancy because Verb is very uh, uh, you can really fool around with it so it's, it's, it's a just it's come in there, it's get it on the ground floor it's like a prettier uh, MySpace yeah. so yeah 
So yeah, so go to Verb, sign up, join the join the legions of fun people at Verb. Yes. And so. if you like this show, go to Podcast Alley or any of your other podcast pavilions and uh, vote nice. for the show there. And, or you uh, can go go into iTunes, go into iTunes, and you can write a review or um, leave a rating or some sort of thing. Yeah, or, anything you yeah. want. Tell your mom about the show. Yeah. Um, also, you can go to dig.com, and um, if you sign up for Dig and, and set up a profile, you can get into the podcasting section, and you can dig us there. Um, or most of all, just go into your store and, and be like, hey, I listen to a cool podcast. So. And then they'll be like, what? And then What's a it. podcast? And then you can explain it and blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, yeah. Go to Wikipedia. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, finally, <laughs> finally <laughs> if, if, you dig what we, if you dig what we do and you want to um, throw some cash our way to help us out with our, our various shows, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations, and you can donate via PayPal, whatever you can spare. We appreciate it. So. And don't forget, as we said earlier, Josh is going to be on Around Comics this week. Um, he, Ron and I were on it a few weeks ago. We were on for a segment. Josh is going to be on the entire episode. In person. Yeah, in person. So if, uh, if you like Around Comics or you've never heard of Around Comics, check it out, aroundcomics.com. Uh, I'm sure we'll Stop. put a link We'll put a link to it on iFanboy when it comes out. Starring the fabulous Tom Caters. Tom Caters, Josh Flanagan. Only yeah, one yeah. will survive. Only one will survive, and Sal will take them both out. <laughs> Probably. And poor, poor Chris will have to just you know, referee it or something. So I don't know. They're good guys, so check them yeah. out. Yep. So, good well, that's, times. That's it, folks. All right. Well, I'm going to go watch me some of The Office. Oh, have fun. That's my plan. What are you going to do? I'm going to go uh, admire your my Ron statue, maybe do some wardrobe alterations. All right, I'm creeped out. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the bastard. No, I don't think they're that long. What time will you be finishing? So I'll come. Yeah, yeah, probably after one hour. Can you use that computer, right? Yes. Is that the guy working in the place, or? No, it's the guy who wants to use the business center. Tell him I'm doing business here.